This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hi, it's Dr. Kate and I'm doing a car podcast today because multitasking is life when you have little kids and I am waiting for my daughter's cheerleading game to start so I figured I would get this in for you. I have a ton of first-time pregnant patients in the office right now and I thought this would be a good time to do a podcast episode on mindset and how important it is no matter what type of birth you plan on having for labor and delivery. Um, It's a very anxiety-filled time when you are about to give birth especially when it's your first time. So I've done an episode on how to tips on how to have an unmedicated birth if that's what you're looking for. I've done an, an episode on the fetal ejection reflex, which I'll touch on briefly, but this is more on just your mindset. So I think people forget about the nervous system when they think about the delivery and labor. So when you see it in the movies, labor and delivery is usually bright lights, lots of commotion, lots of talking, beeping, yelling, those kind of things. It is not calm. It is not relaxed. And that is not always the case. I had my daughter in a hospital. I did an episode on her entire birth and I had my son at a midwife center in Pittsburgh and neither one were all loud and bright and whatever, but my daughter's birth in the hospital was much more loud and bright than my son's birth in the midwife center. And they picked at the midwife center to have it be subdued and quiet and dimly lit for that reason, because they know, um, the benefit of relaxing your nervous system. We talk about the nervous system a lot on here and keeping us from going into that fight or flight mode. You animals in the wild cannot give birth when they're in fight or flight. And it's not going to be easy to give birth for yourself. If you're in fight or flight, you need to feel calm. You need to feel safe. You need to feel relaxed. So how do you do that? I personally like to labor at home for as long as possible. That didn't work out with my son because he was extremely late and I had to go in and get naturally induced. So I did not have Pitocin. I had a castor oil drink that I do not recommend. It was terrible. And I think I was going into labor anyways, but to be able to have uh, baby at the midwife center, you cannot go over 14 days. So I was right up on that cutoff line and I had no choice and I really wanted to have them there. So I did it. Um, and it is what you think it is. Castor oil <laughs> means you're going to have 
terrible diarrhea, uh, and the contractions of that stimulates labor. It's a ill-advised move, to say the least, but it worked. I had him probably much more quickly than I would have naturally because of that, because I had a very slow labor with my daughter, and I did do a podcast episode on that, but her uh, delivery was at a hospital. Um, now for the, for the laboring part for her, I stayed at home and labored with a lay midwife until she told me that I was seven centimeters and I should probably go to the hospital. Now, anytime you switch your environment or you move yourself or you're feeling stressed, your labor can sometimes slow and oh, did mine slow down. So if you want to avoid that, you should um, try a few things. So keeping calm, doing your breathing exercises, keeping things dimly lit. Um, I had her at night, so that wasn't really it, but it was the getting there, which was 40 minutes away. And then when you go into check-in, it's bright lights, people are, healing, there's things beeping, it is not calm, it is not relaxing. So if I had been thinking ahead, I would have maybe, this is going to sound crazy since I had her in the winter and it was nighttime, but wear sunglasses to um, keep things dim. And I would have worn either uh, earphones or I have these little earplugs that cancel out like background noise. I would have worn those to help keep my nervous system as um, subdued as possible and in that parasympathetic state. Um, I think that that would have helped and I could have let my husband take care of all that registration stuff because it was very anxiety filled to go into that. I had labored beautifully at home. It was so calm, so relaxing. I was in our whirlpool. I, things were, there was no TV on, no distractions, nothing like that. And it was just an assault to my senses to go into the hospital with all that commotion. And my labor really stalled out. Um, and I did have her naturally and it all worked out, but nobody wants to go backwards when they have labored that long. Um, so I would suggest those things to help to, um, keep you as far out of fight or flight as possible because we want to feel that calm connection. Now I haven't, re once I got to the hospital and they got the monitor on and everything like that, my midwife was in the, in the room with me the entire time. So she did not let people come in and out of the room. So it was very quiet, not much going on in there once we finally got things going and got set up. So that was great. Um, the, with my son at the midwife center, it was, I was there from the beginning, but it was, we were the only people there. They only have, I think six suites. So there wouldn't be a lot of people there anyways, but it was very quiet. I could make it as dimly lit as I wanted. And that really, that, total quiet and minimal talking from anyone. I didn't like people cheering me on or anything like that. And everybody's different. Some people might like that motivational 
encouragement. I'm just not that kind of person. So there was no talking from um, my husband or my doula. They just kind of knew what they needed to do and were able to help me. And so there was nothing really stressful about the situation. And um, I really used my breath as something to focus on. And the, the other positive of that is that that's going to help with your nervous system as well. So when you're focusing on the breath and trying to get some movement of the diaphragm, that is going to stimulate your vagus nerves and that is going to help relax you as well. Again, you can't have a baby very easily when you're in fight or flight mode. So focusing on that breath and I already know what these areas look like just from school and dissection and everything like that. But what I would suggest for someone that is not in that field when they're going in to have um, labor and delivery is to take a Google image of a cervix and of the pelvic floor. So they have something to visualize as they're rolling through those contractions because there is a brain body connection. And I want you to visualize the cervix softening as you have a contraction and the pelvic floor softening as you have the contraction. So not pushing, not pushing through that section, but each contraction visualizing, okay, my cervix is opening up. Okay pelvic floor is softening, the pressure is coming down there, and I am opening up gradually, slowly, because that gradual, slow opening is what maintains the integrity of the pelvic floor and minimizes tearing. A fast birth is not necessarily a better birth. You want, just like if you stretch Laffy Taffy. If you pull it slowly, it gives nice and smooth. If you pull it really hard, it might tear. The same thing happens with your tissues. So faster is not necessarily better. Think slow opening, give it time to give, give it time to stretch. You want your perineum, that space between your vaginal opening in your anus to slowly give so that it doesn't rip in two. We want slow and steady. So visualize that area. So get a Google image of your cervix, your pelvic floor, and your perineum and think slow, laffy taffy stretching after each contraction. And you don't want to push until you cannot physically hold back. You have to, have to, have to let your body do the work, the softening with the contractions and do not push, do not push until you feel like you can't help it anymore. That's when you should push. If you push for two hours, that to me means you're not ready to push. Um, and then you can have more trauma to your pelvic floor and the tearing. And the other thing that I think is an incredible game changer is perineal pressure. So somebody, whether it's your nurse, your um, midwife, or your husband or your partner, whoever, take a warm compress, a warm washcloth and hold pressure at your perineum 
So that's that space between the anus and your vaginal opening. That is where the tearing happens. That is what needs help for it to slowly, slowly stretch open so that it does not tear. We do not want first a third or more tear. We don't want that. So I thought for my son, this godsend of a nurse, there was a, in the room was my husband, a nurse, the midwife, and my doula. And I delivered him on all fours. He is over 10, was over 10 pounds and he had a hundredth percentile head, enormous, chunky little monkey. And this godsend of a nurse had perineal pressure there for probably, I'm not even kidding, an hour. She must have had no blood flow left to her poor hands. And I had minimal tearing. I think I had one stitch from that ginormous baby coming out. So it can be done. I felt and found that to be super helpful. I know other patients that have had that be super helpful. So I definitely suggest that and keeping super calm, keeping your nervous system super calm through dimly lit or sunglasses, earplugs or headphones and doing your breath work, breath work, breath work, breath work, really focusing on it and then visualizing the softening of your cervix, your pelvic floor and your perineum. That is so important. Um, I just can't, say that enough and uh, I think those will be super helpful and that's not just for people who are having natural childbirth that would be for somebody having it with an epidural as well so um, those it applies to both things and sometimes when you're in so much pain and you just can't get that out of that fight-or-flight mode and you can't allow yourself to soften. Sometimes that's when an epidural is necessary because you need that slight decrease of pain to allow your body to feel safe and comfortable enough to relax enough to open up the last bit of the way. So moderate, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has a different experience and sometimes we have to do, you know, be very, very open to modifications as we're laboring because nothing goes as planned. So if anybody has any questions, oh, one more thing that I like to let people know is that when I was um, first giving birth, I just assumed that contractions would slowly build and be very methodical and stronger and stronger and stronger. No, that's not how they worked for me. Um, and I didn't have an epidural, so I could really feel it. It's not like I was looking at a screen to see when my contractions were. I could feel them. Um, and it, it, it was a very intense contraction, and I would feel, you know, the tightening and the, you know, visualizing the opening up of the pelvic floor, the opening up of the cervix. And then I would have like a smaller contraction. I could almost like relax through it because it was so minor compared to the previous one. So I would kind of ride these waves of uneven contractions and let them do their thing as they built. So just something to keep in mind because 
that was a little bit of a surprise to me for mine. So if you have any questions, feel free to let me know and I hope you have a great day. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.